Yeah. Okay. Um. We are back. We're we're back. After Sorry, everybody. Almost a month long hiatus. We were. <laughs> <laughs> what is that word funny to you, Owen? Hiatus. Hunter. Hi Hunter X Hunter. <laughs> hiatus X hiatus. <laughs> um, we. So there was just some things that came up, and then we tried. We actually recorded an episode. Which but was a great episode. I'm sorry you missed it. It was great. Um, but uh, as you guys might have noticed, the audio isn't always the best. So we decided to put audio above recording last week and stuff. Because, and as you may have noticed, Owen got a microphone now. So Yes, I, uh, I have it in my contract that I need to sound like I'm not in a submarine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't sounding too good, but hopefully it sounds... Lapel mics are good, but only for like... On the spot interviews, yeah. So yeah. we're hoping we're hoping to bring a little bit of better. Yeah, I originally bought it for going out like side and do some vlogging camera stuff, but like, it does not sound good in a uh, five feet away from the subject with wooden walls behind him. Yeah, if you're only if you're out in the middle of nowhere and you're the only one speaking, yeah, it'd be fine. Yeah, but it picks up literally everything. Yeah, so hopefully, it's all good now. Um, yeah, we're back. Um, format hasn't changed much, except we're kind of seeing if free-for-all would be good for us, like free-for-all topics. So um, instead of just sticking to, like, one topic while, like, one subject a week, we would both just kind of... Just find stuff that find we stuff think that's interesting. In. Yeah, we're, there's still... I mean, this is what technically our... This, this is, is going to be the third upload. Yeah, the third official upload. Yeah. Um, so I think we're still kind of finding our stride. Yeah. And, um, yeah, finding our stride. So we're trying different things out. I know eventually I do want to have, like, a, a watch party. Yes. I don't know about the legality of watch parties, but there is some there's some gold out there. I know, I know some people have already tapped into those mines and uh, have, have received <laughs> such amazing things, life-changing knowledge, knowledge. but uh, <laughs> I think a lot of our viewers could, uh, definitely, could definitely do to be introduced to, um, yes, the world of the paranormal documentary. Yeah. Um... Let's see. You want to move that mic just a bit closer? I'm not sure if that was... You want me to move it closer? Not like your lips are touching, but just... We're pretty close to lips touching here. We're Okay, well, I guess that's good then. I um, can try to talk a little louder. I'll get into it. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm a little tired because I went camping. I don't go camping every single week, even though this is the second time out of three podcasts that I came back from camping. Yeah, I think the first one you came back. Yeah, but I was camping... And it wasn't a state campground or anything. It was kind of a smaller campground. So people don't exactly follow the rules. Mm -hmm. And people decided to wait until 11 o'clock to start blasting Lincoln Park. So they were... I probably listened to a good two two full albums of Lincoln Park. And I listened to Numb twice and Shadow of the Day one and a half times. Um, so... That was exciting. And then when they were done, during this, there was also people playing beer pong mm -hmm. and uh, being very loud while playing beer pong and drinking a lot. Dang, dude. I don't know what park you went to, but dang, that sounds horrible. It was horrible. And 
Yeah, it was 2.30 in the morning till I got to sleep because people didn't shut down till 2, two o'clock. It was silence. But before 2 o'clock, yeah, like it was Lincoln Park and 90s rap. Yeah, I need to show blasting. you some hot camping spots where like Which, no one knows about. Yeah, Gary Lake up up near Leelanau. Go there. Yeah. Um. Anyway, yeah. So, yes. Yes, That's there's a, there's our there's a music little rant there. But that brings me to uh, the yeah. legend of the dog man. You might as well just start because you kind of brought up Lee and all. Well, I was bringing up <laughs> '90s rap, so I could go into the legend of the dog oh, no. man. <laughs> oh no! Why would you do that? <laughs> well, 1987 came around in Michigan. Some uh, radio dudes come out with the legend of the dog. Did you ever listen to it? You know what? I didn't. Oh well. If you haven't listened to it, it's a lot like Carmen. <laughs> you, ever, you know who Carmen is? I actually, you know, even after looking it up, no, I didn't. Dude, you gotta listen to some some good Carmen. Yeah, that. Oh, I yeah. just realized. Can you, like, close that window? Um, no. Yeah. I totally was gonna close that before we started. And then there's gonna be, like, cars everywhere. There you go. What a trooper. Effort. Effort. What a trooper. Effort. I'm a trooper. Yeah, dude. I, I Can we look up Carmen? Is that illegal? Probably. All those DMCA's can, and copyrights. But he was like like a super Christian artist, so I think feel like he's not coming after you for copyright. <laughs> Did you hear Yellow Card, what they tried to do? Yellow Card's not Christian. Oh, they aren't? No, dude. No, not Yellow Card. Wait. Wait, hold on. Yep. They make stuff that kind of sounds like it could be like part of the... The pop punk Christian. Yeah, no, I feel like it was yellow card. No, I thought. Oh, I thought they were Christian though. Dude, you just gotta you gotta bless some people with the sounds of Carmen. Just the the I met a wizard, went to a wizard's house or something like that, or the uh, Satan bites the dust. Satan bite the dust. So uh, anyway, Legend of the Dog Man was a 1987 song that a disc jockey mm-hmm. made, and um. It hit a vein with people. They were like, I've actually seen something like this. Yeah. And it, it, he actually came from an actual local urban legend in Michigan, mm-hmm. which I think is cool. That's why I chose it was because it's like the Michigan dog, man. Yeah. There's a lot of tales about it in Wisconsin and the UP in Wisconsin. They're kind of connected up there. Mm-hmm. But it's the Michigan dog, man. So. Yeah. Um, it's our own represent Mitten State. Yeah. Um, but that kind of made the whole legend of the Dogman famous was that song that came out, and it was just too cool. Mm-hmm. So very late 80s, early 90s. Had some stuff that sounded almost like it was from Zelda. Yeah. Um, dude, I, Like super sequenced drums and stuff like that? Like Yeah, just like, just like the, the eerie like foggy ambient fantasy keyboard Mm -hmm. in the background with the the like the snare the one snare with like all the reverb on it oh i know exactly what you're talking about i can hear it in my head right now yeah dude we're gonna have to uh, i'm sure it's fine to play we'll play (laughs) play in the background for like five seconds as a nice little sound effect play some carmen too right gotta get some carmen in there oh i love carmen (laughs) (laughs) how much have you been listening to carmen (laughs) i actually haven't heard it in years i I would listen to some of some of his good old songs while i was delivering pizzas just for stuff to listen to you know what sounds really good right now carmen (laughs) carmen (laughs) oh but yeah um 
Oh, the Michigan Dog Man, besides the hot single hits music that came out. Yes. So that's kind of what, like, put it in the eye of the public, okay. the Michigan public. Um, but it actually, the very first sighting was actually in 1887. Mm-hmm. Wexford County, don't know where that is. It's not near us. I think it's up north somewhere. Yeah. Um, where two lumberjacks saw a creature they described as having a man's body and a dog's head. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of these sightings sound like very werewolf-like. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. Think of werewolves in Michigan. But it's a dog man. It's a dog man, not a Get werewolf. Right. Get it right. All right. Another. These are all the. These are like the pre. The pre. Uh, 1987. Because after that, there was a lot of like accounts, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of those came from the song. They're like, oh yeah, I saw something like that too, and mm-hmm. just stuff like that. But um, 1938, we had in Paris, uh, Robert Fortney was attacked by five wild dogs and said that one of the five walked on two legs and was a lot bigger than all of the others. Mm-hmm. How he got out of five wild dogs with a one walking on two legs. That's a question. Uh, and, oh, uh, yep, so there's the 1987 one. Uh, actually, where am I? This is <laughs> trying to get to the, the juicy part. The juicy, the juicy part. story. The juicy story. We might have to cut some of this out because this is actually not the. Crap. You lost it. I was looking. This is not the thing I was. Do you have like all your notes on like the same note thing? Yes. Like just every episode. Like, oh no, no. Those are aliens. No. Well, I was. That's Bigfoot and aliens. (laughs) For the people that don't know, we recorded this before and I had other stuff and I was kind of looking into a different spot. What? No, I. It was it was it was a few weeks ago, but I just remember like the one security guard. Yeah, that's what I was trying to find. Yeah, um, was the security guard photo, and we we can bring that photo up, right? That's, yeah. Um, bring it up when it gets to that part. When it gets to the good part, if I can which I'm it. about to be at. Can I find it? Oh, and we also so okay, so this is like. My favorite Dogman story, mm-hmm. 1961 in Big Rapids. Big. And Big Rapids is the place that's about an hour north of Grand Rapids, okay. kind of by the Huron-Manistee Forest. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do this story justice because I was a little confused when I had read it the first time mm-hmm. about the watchman. Okay. So this guy's a watchman at a factory, right. like a night guard, which that's got to be a crazy job. I want that job. Well, I don't want it, but it would sound cool. Like, I won't be mad if I got it. I wouldn't be mad. Like, it'd be scary walking around an empty factory because those things are huge and thinking of all of that in the dark would be a little scary. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like you're not dealing with anybody, mm-hmm. you know? Unless somebody's actually trying to break in. But, yeah, that would be it'd be an exciting job, I feel like. Mm-hmm. And boring. Oh, yeah, it was boring. I had an old buddy at Jets um, mm-hmm. that worked Tell the people security. that don't live in Michigan what Jets is. Uh, Jets, if you guys do not know, um, I think it's, it's, they have a few locations down South, but it's mostly like a Midwest thing. It's, it's delicious pizza. It's like probably one of the best, like fast food, fast. I don't know. You would categorize it. Fast food restaurant pizzas you can get. 
Yeah. It's actually really good. It's it's a little expensive, but it's and good. And fun fact, we both delivered there. Yep. Different points in time. Different points. I actually got to uh, Isaac Court there twice. Oh, yeah, and, uh, <laughs> it was my first job, my first paycheck job. Yeah, he worked there for, what, a couple weeks? Oh, no, I worked there for, like, two months. Oh, I got to be the one to give him the uh, the sad news. He was fired, but... Yes, because that was, that, was, <laughs> that was fun. That was fun. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, but then you came back, and all was good. Mm-hmm. And it was fun times. No, I would, there were some really fun times. I when you when you went back though, I was already gone. I was already on in the factory. Yeah. Yeah. Empty warehouses. They're creepy, man. And that's why to be a night watchman, they'd be even more creepy. Mm-hmm. So 1961, summer of 1961, Big Rapids, night watchman for a factory. Um, decides to his house is on the other side of the factory. He decides to go to his front porch on his house and eat a sweet roll and some coffee. And from there, he sees something a rustling, a moving in the bushes, Bushes. like uh, something like stalking. And he thinks it's a person at first. Mm -hmm. So he actually gets out his gun. He draws out his gun. So. He's like, something's going down. Mm-hmm. But after watching it for a while, he realizes that the thing is getting up on its two legs and then down on four legs every now and again. And it doesn't look like a person at all. It looks like a wolf. Pretty much looks like a werewolf. Yeah. Like a, like really powerful shoulders it talks about. It's got the head of a wolf, mm-hmm. not, not a bear. It's got a wolf head. Um uh, so he was watching it. He said his brown gray hair had all over it had very broad shoulders and a powerful she- chest. It alternated between walking on four legs and standing up on two. He said it seemed to be looking for something along the driveway. He couldn't believe what he was seeing, so he quietly moved into his house from the porch to grab his Kodak Signet, Signet 35mm camera get a picture and then this is where we should say that the night watchman was also a photography buff Boom. why wouldn't he be a photography buff which um so yeah kodak signet 35 millimeter 1961 it's a good camera mm-hmm. i guess i don't know kodak. i mean it Kodak's just came were... out so he he bought it you know it was like came out well that's 62 wasn't it so yeah, yeah no he sent a copy of the picture which we're gonna put up a copy of this picture that you took Boom. Boom. Um, which is one of my... I just love this picture because uh, night light lampposts at night getting like the mm-hmm. that perfect cone, you know? Mm-hmm. Like this looks like... It, that's the one thing about this. Like it, it's a great picture and it almost looks too great for what it is. <laughs> it's too, too great. Because like... Well, it doesn't sound like the story like lines up. Well... You said he got the camera out, right, and took the picture. Yeah, he was watching this thing. He thought it was a person at first. Mm-hmm. And then he, after watching it a little bit, he realized it wasn't a person, but it was something that looked more like a dog, mm-hmm. man, a werewolf type thing. Mm-hmm. So after watching, he quietly went into his house and grabbed his camera so he could take a picture of it. And then he took a picture of it. It was standing right under, like, this street lamp. And he got that picture, and that was his story, and then it ran off. Mm-hmm. It is... That's some good good photo- photographic evidence, I think. Yeah. Uh, 
and it's just a cool looking picture. Even even if it wasn't, you said this was sixty two or sixty three. It was the summer of sixty one. Oh, so, summer of sixty one. Okay. So in sixty two, he actually mailed this photo and his story to a magazine called Mysterian. Mm-hmm. Um, and they put that his story in the paper in 62. So this was a little bit before Photoshop. Yeah. And the son says that he still has the negative of this photograph. Yeah, I want to see the negative because that'd be yeah. cool. I was thinking, like, it'd be cool if we did some, like, investigative stuff where we, like, actually call people. Like, Bob Lazar, just to, yeah. as an example. Like, hey, Bobby! <laughs> They're in Big Rapids. They're not that far away, but, like, hey. How you doing? They probably get this stuff a lot, too. I yeah. Mean, Oh, I'm sure. This local Michigan. I bet you it blew sure. up after the 1987 song, the the golden platinum hit. Yeah. So this is what's interesting with the photo is that... The thing looks a little blurry. It looks a little blurry. Like, the actual monster looks a little blurry. But the light posts are perfect. Yeah, it's perfect. And that could be movement on the creature's end, Although, which it probably yeah. is... And you'll see a criticism that will be like, well, if you look at the source file, it says that it was edited with Photoshop. I don't really see the point in that because you could change the brightness on it and it would say edited in Photoshop. But the thing that's really interesting... Well, um, I've literally scanned photos and then opened them in Photoshop just so I could crop them, you know, so, the, yeah. so the, the edges of the scan aren't there. And it would say edited in Photoshop. Yeah. But the interesting thing, you said this was 1961. 1961. And or before Bigfoot. Bigfoot. This is before Bigfoot got big. <laughs> <laughs> this is before. This is before. <laughs> Very important trying some words. Um, this is before. That's <laughs> 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 when he was Littlefoot. <laughs> Littlefoot. <laughs> This, this is before Bigfoot hit the... Bi- <laughs> before he caught his stride. <laughs> before he caught his stride, his 15 minutes of fame, which goes on indefinitely. More like 15 seconds. Um, yeah, this is this is 1961, so this is six years before the Patterson-Gimlin film, which is the fancy word for the famous f- uh, Bigfoot photograph. That's where they get... Well, not that. Not that's, that, but but like that's where Bigfoot's well, doing like the arm, Bigfoot the, walk. The arm that they take from this is yeah. the, from the film. That's the, the famous one, and yeah. I didn't realize that. It kind of yeah. hit me because it's like, um, the UF the UFO, the Navy of the Tic Tacs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that actually was in two thousand four. Okay. That that's like when they recorded it. Well, one of the first one was in two thousand four. Yeah, because they were like they didn't they didn't want to give it out to the public. Yeah. And it was smuggled, and everyone thought it was like, oh, it's all fake and stuff like that. You're like, you're just posting this. It's like, yeah, so what? And then, you know, like, here we are, t- 2020, like, came out, like, 2019 or something, mm-hmm. with all these UFO videos of the Tic Tac, and it's like, whoa, look at all these UFOs. And it turns out, because cool. the Navy actually confirmed that it was theirs. Yeah. Footage. So, so that's what I think is cool about this one is, yeah. I mean, maybe he thought he would have saw a Bigfoot if, it would, if he had known about it. Mm-hmm. But um, this was before that, and like I said, this was before that song hit, before a lot of this stuff. Yeah. So, um, and once again, like, why? Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like this is just, it's either a, like a really good, like, like something funny prank, like, hey, this is going to be good, and like, you know, he got bored. Mm-hmm. So he 
had somebody pose out there or just wanted to like maybe up his game as a photographer and try to get his name out there by getting something crazy looking but, yeah or it could have just been complete coincidence that a night guard who was a photography buff whose dad owned a photography shop way back before he was like before mm-hmm. this any of this had happened like the perfect storm of of uh getting this photo so yeah yeah i just thought that was a cool and i liked the photo um wasn't there like there was something else with the dog man yeah the, um are you talking about the gable film yes that, that one we watched that's like uh yeah that it's got some mysterious origins. do you know when that was do you remember ish roughly when that was I don't well, you know. said Super 8, so it was like in the 70s. It was... Wasn't it like 79 or 81 or something like that? I don't know. So, the thing about this Gable film... We'll throw it up there because it's yeah, quite well, interesting. It's, a, it's like three minutes long of home video, and in the middle of that, there's this thing where you, they're chasing this weird creature, which actually there's... A, we had that film. Like I didn't see the part where they're actually in the car, and mm-hmm. they like see something in the woods. Mm-hmm. Um but there is something that definitely charges the camera that is definitely not human. Yeah. To me, it looked like a cougar. Yeah, we like slowed a, it down and looked at it, and it's like... I felt like it was very cat-like, and there are cougars in southern Michigan. Yes. Definitely in the 70s and 80s when there was less of a population, too. Yeah. I'm sure there was more, but we yeah. have confirmed counts of cougars in Bath on yeah. deer cams. So, I mean, I know technically, here's another... Michigan, the local Michigan, southern Michigan thing. Yeah. The DNR you know, says you know. the DNR says they're extinct in in lower peninsula, they're only in the upper peninsula. Yeah. But we've definitely got it's photos of <laughs> we've got photos of cougars taking out stuff. Yeah. And I think that would I'm I don't know what would be more scary, a bear or a cougar. I think a cougar to would. To me, oh, definitely a cougar. if between a cougar or a black bear, 100% cougar would be scarier. I would rather take a black bear cuz you can scare those things. And I feel like they would yeah, either scare yeah. or they are They're not like grizzly you. bears. They're like, they're just trying to live their life. <laughs> That's yeah. what black bears are. Where if a cougar was like, I feel like you could probably scare a cougar off too, but like, yeah. they're just, cats Ooh, are ferocious. Cat. Yeah, I know. Have you ever seen a house cat? Like, yeah. can you imagine a house cat that's... This... Yeah. But as you saw in that, that film, it was like... At first, I thought it was like, okay, so it's just some dude, you know, in like a costume or something. But then, like, you look at the back leg. Like, I'll drop a, I'll put the link in the description, a few links in the description this episode, and one of them will be to that video. But and you can actually see like the leg. It took me a few times to watch, but I was like, oh yeah, that's not a human leg there, bud. That's like, <laughs> well, it's just scary because that thing is actually charging the camera. Yeah, and it's. But big. how'd they get the footage? Well, that's the thing. It's like it was found in an estate sale. Like, did he die? <laughs> Dude, this sounds like a, like a Stephen... Um, what's that one author? I'm forgetting. Stephen King? Yeah, it sounds like a friggin' Stephen King setup right there. It's like a mysterious thing, and it like starts off in the estate sale, and they find this cool footage. Well, yeah, it's just like, oh, this footage was found in an estate sale, and it's got like... And it's just mostly home video. Most of the yeah. three minutes is them, like, they're on a... Cutting some wood, and they're mm-hmm. on driving a snowmobile and they're fixing a car and then there's just this shortcut of this creature that looks kind of cougar. Some people say it's the dog man which mm-hmm. I'm like, eh, it could be. Could be. 
well, like a cougar, but yeah. it's something that charges the camera. And then the last frame, there's actually like teeth. Yeah. Like you can see teeth on the camera. Um, I just thought, yeah, that cable film is. Mm -hmm. And then there was another story. There was one more that I wanted to say. There's a, there's actually a couple of them in Wisconsin. There's some good stories. I think Wisconsin. it's called the beast of Bray road, mm -hmm. um, which some teenagers saw something like a dog man ish. Yeah. Let me pull up about the, uh, Why? It's beautiful. Okay, don't you see? Okay, the story of. It's in Bendon, Michigan. I don't know where that's at. It's somewhere up north. Sure. <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> this is the one. Um, it's also told secondhand by the brother in law of the witness. The witness was a prominent person in the local government of Benden, which, if you know anything about smaller towns, everybody knows everybody. Yeah. So if the brother-in-law is coming out telling a story, you automatically associate it with this politician, mm -hmm. even if he's just a small local politician, you know. And usually local poli local politics, I mean, it's not like... It's a little different than. What than was that the one national. Chris Farley movie? It was like Black Sheep or something. Yeah, Black it was basically Sheep. just a Tommy Boy but politics. Yeah, yeah. So think of that now. But anyway, um, this is interesting. It's a little questionable because obviously the person who saw it was a local politician. Yeah. And maybe he just wanted some some free um, air. And this was in 2007. Yeah. Which oh, was, wait, it happened in 2007? Yes, this happened in 2007. Oh, okay, I'm thinking like super old. Which happens to be 20 years after that song came out, and in the song, every decade, the dog man was seen. Mm -hmm. So oh. this, it's got some things. Yeah, they know their tunes. They're... They know their, they might have hit some local, <laughs> some local creepypastas. <laughs> <laughs> so he knew what he was doing in 2007, um, but yeah. So last Saturday night at around midnight, he was driving home from a friend's house in Benzonia um, and taking the back way home to Traverse City. Mm -hmm. So it's by Traverse City. Oh, okay. Um, he stated that while he was traveling down Cinder Road, several miles outside of the town of Benden, he observed a pair of eyes reflecting off his headlights ahead of him. Thinking that it was probably a deer along the side of the road, he began to slow down. As he got closer, however, he stated that the object was much larger and much darker than a deer. He said that by this time he had slowed down to about 30 miles an hour and was at the point several hundred feet from the creature, which still hadn't moved. As he approached further, he stated that the only way he could describe the creature was being similar to a very large dark wolf. However, he observed that the thing wasn't on four legs, but was upright with his back, two back legs standing near a road killed deer. Estimated that the creature stood a little over six feet tall and had very dark fur. Hmm. He stated that by now he was going slow enough to bring his truck to a stop in the road and observe the creature, which had not yet moved, and was still staring at him. He told me that for a brief second he believed that the object was a giant stuffed animal put there as some kind of joke due to the fact that it was, like, standing perfectly still. Yeah. Which could be, you know, have you, if you've ever seen a deer, any sort of, like, wild animal, it just mm -hmm. freezes. And it's pretty amazing how animals, when they're, like, when they don't know what's happening, how they can just, like... Mm -hmm. breeze to blend in 
told that before he could finish the thought of maybe it was a fake, the creature dropped on all four legs and sprinted across the road and disappeared into the woods. And this, it doesn't end here. He told me that he stayed frozen in his seat, wondering for a minute what had happened. He says that he wasn't joking. Like the brother-in-law is like, oh, you must have been drinking, huh? And he was like, no, whatever it was, it was for real. As perplexed as he was that night over what he had seen, he was deathly afraid to go wandering in the woods to investigate further. He said that using a flashlight, he observed an animal's tracks leading into the woods on the opposite side of the road and was fortunate enough that night to have his digital camera with him. He showed a picture of the paw print, which he said appeared to be about seven or eight inches long. Mm -hmm. He had another picture of the same paw print where he placed a shotgun shell in the middle for scale. Mm -hmm. And you could see that we can pull it, put up that probably. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. The paw print is huge and in the palm of it, it fits a shotgun shell in the palm. That's how big the paw print was. So that one, um, yeah, he said he's lucky the side of the road was so soft because uh, he wasn't willing to go any further near the woods to get any other tracks. Mm -hmm. uh, I just thought that was an interesting story because it also had the picture, like it had some evidence of a picture of a paw print. Well, it had a picture of a paw print. Yeah, which... And the paw print looks a little... A little too, too good. good. Looks like those Bigfoot prints. Like back in the day before they figured out like, oh, those look super fake. Because the they... politician also said, I was reading something else on it, and he's like, he's a hunter in northern Michigan. He knows what bears look like, and he's hunted them. And uh, mm -hmm. like, because there's also like, what is there? Is there moose or is it uh, carrot? I don't know, dude. It's like moose or elk in Michigan also. They make that weird sound like the... Don't can't yeah, let me just pull up my uh, <laughs> portfolio of what sounds like. Yeah, get out your uh, get out your soundtrack. But he said it wasn't. He said it looked like yeah, a wolfish creature, not a bear. When was this? Two thousand seven. Did it say when? When? Like uh, like around what time of year? Yeah, what time of year? Oh, I'd have to look. Make sure it's not anywhere near November. Well, that's the thing. Speculation with this story, and it's interesting we're talking about it now, because I don't know if you heard about that that lady running for mayor in, like, North Carolina. Oh, the one that The her. really big black lady that, like, did the rap, um, like, promotional video. And then it was like, I was mugged and kidnapped. And you watch the video, and, like, the <laughs> it's so cheesy, because the guy with the bat is literally, like, pulling his bat, and you can tell. <laughs> it, like, slows down before it hits her. It's like, ugh. <laughs> I did not see that. Yeah, dude. So I guess local politicians do stuff. Yeah. But yeah, it was just a cool picture. Yeah. No. But we, no, I was talking time of year because about bears and how skinny bears get when they come out of hibernation. Yeah. I don't know if people know about this, but... And they look crazy. They look kind of creepy almost. Like, I could see where people think they're werewolves. Yeah. Because they look so skinny and, like... Yeah. I wouldn't doubt if that's where, like, werewolves came from. Like, someone just saw, like, a really big bear, but it was, like, fresh out of hibernation. We gotta show people big, bears big before bear. they go to hibernation. Before, this, before okay, okay. So this is, this is <laughs> after hibernation, and then this is after they before, get ready. No, after, right before hibernation. After they've eaten. Yeah. <laughs> As you can see, there's quite a difference. <laughs> But yeah, like if you look at though, like it looks like they're just like 
Slender yeah. Man working, walking on all fours. Really? It's because it's like they don't look proportionate. It looks super weird. Like, yeah, they don't look like bears. They, they, that's where I said, like, this almost could be, you know, it could be yeah. look like a werewolf or a dog. And the speculation with the first story was the guy was right next to the Manistee Forest, which back then, you know, I'm sure it was way more populated. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean... Well, I mean, populated. It it's like been, animal, animal populated. Yeah, type deal. That's what I was trying to say. So and it if could have been a black something. bear because getting on the pole, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. But, but it was same with the Maury Island thing. Is that it's like it's dismissible, but then there's some context of like this is six years before Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. And you think this guy would know what a bear looks like? I mean, at the night, the night but, watch, it was quite. A, what was he say? Like, was it thirty feet or sixty? I think, I think like you 30. said a number. I forget. But like to get a picture that good, though, like yeah. if it looks that big in the camera, he must have been pretty close to it. Because mm-hmm. we all know when we try to take a photo, like we're like, oh yeah, like I'm gonna get a picture of the moon, and then mm-hmm. all you see is a white little pin dot. Yeah. Because that's the moon. Because you need a crazy zoom, mm-hmm. and it's like that for anything. So. Yeah. Like if the if it's that small in the camera, I feel like it would be pretty close to him, mm. to where he could tell the difference. But also, it's three in the morning; it's a little high on sweet rolls. <laughs> like <laughs> he could have, he could have just been a little like I mean, three in the morning. There's nobody around you, yeah. and you see something big as a dude that's full of hair and mm-hmm. got fangs and stuff. Like yeah. it could be a bear, and he could have just been scared. But I mean, that is the story of the Michigan Dogman. Actually, a few stories. There's a few of them. I there's feel like it's a pretty good um, introduction to the Dogman. Yeah, I left. It. There's a lot of them. There's quite a few of them. Mm-hmm. That was just a, a good selection of them. A good a selection of Dogman stories brought to you by. <laughs> yeah, so well pervade. Yes. Well, um, his was quite a bit more of that story, like. Crypto, cryptozoology type deal. This stuff's always good because there's so <clears> much <throat> crazy things. You learn so much. You want to know what mine is? Mine's a true crime, and I haven't told him what I'm doing at all. Okay. You want to know what I'm doing on? Um. Any guesses? Uh, is it local as in the U.S. or outside it's of the U.S.? It's in the U.S. What, ta- what time period? 90s. Oh, the 90s in the U.S. Yes. True crime. I'm stumped. Kurt Cobain and how he did not kill himself. Dude. Have you looked into it at all? Cobain is. <laughs> Bullcrap. Everyone knows Kurt Cobain. If you don't, you know Nirvana. Even if you haven't listened to Nirvana, you know. You've heard. If you haven't listened to Nirvana, you've hear, heard Weird, weird Al you, riffing <laughs> that, Nirvana. Or you've seen the Weird Al, that, not the Weird Al, the Nirvana logo. Or mm-hmm. the kid in the swimming pool album cover. Also Nirvana. Yeah. So, they had the they had the smiley face, right? Yeah, that was the smiley face. I thought that was Blink Eight One Eighty Two. No, Blink also had a smiley face, but it was different. Oh. I, at least I'm pretty sure. I'm almost pretty sure. This okay. So I don't know if I told you about it. Um, towards the beginning part of quarantine, I mean, we all had a lot of time on our hands, especially in the first few months. And I wanted to just like watch a good documentary. I was like, I never watched the Leaving Neverland, the Michael Jackson one. I was like, oh, maybe I could find it. But it was only on HBO and stuff. So I was like, okay, what does Amazon got? And in the recommended was this thing called Soaked in Bleach. I was like, that sounds pretty interesting. Like, wonder what that's about. 
and I watched the trailer and I'm like this is actually really good like cinematography wise and documentary wise it was a fantastic thing better than the Bob Lazar documentary <clears throat> yes <laughs> one word yes yes <laughs> Uh, <laughs> what's better the Bob Lazar documentary or the UFO Bigfoot one <laughs> that's a tough question I feel like the the UFO Bigfoot was more entertaining and the yeah. uh, the Bob Lazar one was Bob was Lazar more one was artsy. like whoa this is gonna be crazy and then and you're then like, it was just oh, like it's not going anywhere yeah it took a little too long and yeah. half of the movie was him talking to the guy on his cell phone yeah but some of the shots looked good. Yeah, some of it was cool, but it was like he's bit. definitely took his photography classes. But mm -hmm. um, wait, what yeah. are you talking about? The guy? Yeah, the the. No, dude, that was one of the things I didn't like about it. I don't remember that. Well, like some of the shots were nice, but like some of the interior shots, it went from like Canon red know, cinema he... camera to like iPhone five, yeah. like overblown. That's and that. But this was not that documentary. This was a really good documentary, which I would watch again. Because, huh. well, I didn't know about. Okay, so I kind of found out about Kurt Cobain a few years ago through a mutual friend of ours. Um, oh, yeah, big buff guy. Jets. Okay. No, um, through a mutual friend we had, and you know, I think we were listening to like a song, like a rock station or something. I was driving in a car with him, and he was like. And it was like, Nice Shot Kurt was the name of the song. I don't know who did it. And I was like, oh, what's this song talking about? And then he's like, Kurt Cobain and how he shot himself. I was like, oh. Now I found out about Nirvana. And wow. all that. Wow. And just all these years, I was just like, okay. You know, go along with the jokes like he shot himself. Or just like, just that that uh, culture-esque of, you know, he committed suicide. Yeah, and so I watched this, yeah. and I'm like, oh, yeah, this is true crime right I here. was... I think I was alive, but I was too young. But it was a really big deal because there was a lot of copycat suicides after Kurt Cobain died. Right, and that is that that that's the worst part, and why it was and why it was so trash. Um, what happened in this? So, um, I'm just gonna kind of try and jump right in to what's going on. Let me just get some notes up real quick. Oh, you don't keep all your notes in one spot. Well, I had it. I was just making sure today. Um, so this happened in 1994. Little thing about Kurt Cobain. He came from Aberdeen, Washington? Yeah, because they were a garage band from Seattle. Yeah, they Better were. raising cattle. So this was like a super small town. One of, those, one of those, like, you're a worker doing fish or you're, like, dude on drugs doing nothing. Um, it was kind of. That has a dog named Shep. Yeah, pretty gets much. killed. So um, they kind of blew up uh, with the, you know, the song Teen Spirit and stuff like that. And the documentary is basically set through the eyes of this private investigator. Um, so there's a few characters um, we need to know about. Um, one is Kurt Cobain. Uh, the second is his then-girlfriend, Courtney Love. And then the last one is Tom Grant. The private eye um, hired out by Courtney Love. Yes. Um, so it cut. all starts with a phone call from Courtney Love uh, to the private eye guy. I'm talking about how 
her her husband credit card went missing and needs to be figured out like who's using it everything like that and I'm sensing some Hillary vibes already it's gonna get very much Hillary vibes a lot um so <laughs> so what happened if you if you didn't know because I generally did not know a lot about Kurt Cobain before this story um he in in the later years of his life had a really big heroin addiction problem and he almost he actually overdosed in Rome a few yeah. months prior to this so this is April 1994 um right around uh, Easter right around Easter time what happens when you rock yeah so he blew like they they blew up and had a ton of money and going like this so his credit card went missing after he got out of a rehab um, so she hires the private eye to go do stuff. He's like, you know, you could probably just call a credit card company and figure this out. Like, you're just wasting money on me. And it's like, no. And then she tells him that her husband's Kurt Cobain, and she's Courtney Love, who is also famous and has a band, and sends, and she's like, I don't know where Kurt's at. I can't get a hold of him. And so he and his firm uh, go in the, there in Los Angeles, and then they send a unit up in seattle to look around for him and stuff like that this this private investigator is just going with his job and then he starts like noticing like some inconsistencies in courtney love and mm-hmm. and all that and so he gets the call and march 30th he goes to seattle because she's like, oh, I think he's in Seattle and stuff like that, and he likes to stay in, like, really fancy hotels. And so he goes and picks up uh, Kurt's best friend, Dylan, and everything. And she mentions to the private eye... Wait, so he's missing at this point? Yeah, he's missing at this point. He got out of rehab, and his credit card's being used, and she can't get a hold of him. Is, she, is he still in Nirvana at this point? Yeah, this is still Nirvana. Because this sounds a ton like uh, Johnny Cash, because he was in and out of rehab and, like... Interestingly enough, him and Johnny Cash actually had some similarities. Yeah. Um, and I'll get to that in a minute. But she's like, and she tells him before he goes to Seattle, it's like, you know, I'm really scared for his life. Um, and I think he's suicidal. And that's Courtney Love, his then wife. Um, so he goes to Seattle and he picks up his best friend, Dylan. And they go to, like, this diner restaurant, and he's just trying to get some information from Dylan. And he's like, so I'm pretty, pretty, this is pretty, pretty crazy, you know, um, pretty crazy case because he's super famous and he's suicidal. And Dylan's like, suicidal, what do you mean? He's like, yeah, Courtney told me that he's suicidal. He's like, no, he's not suicidal. And, like, I've, I've known him all these years. Like, he's he's depressed a lot and has a lot of weight in his shoulders, but he's, like, never talked about suicide or anything like that. Um, come to find out, um, duh, Kurt, Kurt Cobain and Nirvana actually turned down, I forget what the, what the event was, it was like a big concert, something like Lollapalooza, something okay. like that, just those, this, this, those giant concerts, and he turned $9.5 million down. He was like that, though. Yeah. Um, he actually, I think there's a story about... Courtney Love buying like a brand new car or something like that and he like forced her to give it back like a new sports car because he was like so kind of anti yeah like 
Like he was actually, Nirvana was the one that actually made smaller grunge bands like a thing mm -hmm. because he would wear other people, other bands t-shirts while he was performing. Yeah. So it kind of brought that whole culture about, mm -hmm. which is why he was kind of, which is why Nirvana is famous. But, um, yeah. So he wasn't the, he was one of the, he was an artist to where artists are like, I don't care. It's not about the money. Yep. I'm going to do what I want to do. Yup. And that's that's exactly what this guy was thinking um, that they found out. And Courtney told the pre-I that he just stays in the fanciest hotels. And Dylan was like, oh, that's not true. He actually kind of stays in, like, rundown, raggedy places. Mm -hmm. Like, he'll go and find, like, a Hotel 5. <laughs> like, just that off-brand, like, especially back in the 90s. And he would just stay there for, like, a week just because that's what he would do. Um... And he found out that Kurt Cobain turned down this $9.5 million deal. Courtney really didn't like that because it's $9.5 million. Yeah. And that Kurt was scared for his life to where he and Dylan uh, went out. And Dylan bought a gun, like a shotgun, for house protection. And the kind of rounds they had don't go through walls, or it's harder for them to go through walls. So okay. It only, like, kills intruders, basically. It doesn't... So they bought that shotgun with three other shells. So this shotgun... Which, um, you don't know this, but we just took a 20-minute break, and it left off on the spiciest part of the story so far. <laughs> so I don't know if we want to add this or cut it, but I'm ready. I'm ready to hear it, because I just found out there's a getting a shotgun, because they're scared. I don't know why yeah. they're scared. That was going to be my question. Yep. Why are they scared to where they thought they needed to buy a shotgun? Here's the answer to it. Um, Kurt Cobain turned on a $9.5 million deal to, I don't know what it was. I'm going to say Lollapalooza because I forgot what, what convention it was. It was that big, though. It wasn't Vans World Tour. Was I don't it? think it was. Well, maybe, actually, this maybe is, it was. I think this was before Vans, wasn't it? Anyway, I feel sorry. like they've been doing that for a while. But he turned on a $9.5 million deal. That was just for, like, his band. So imagine how many people are losing money on one of the hottest bands. And stuff, so he was genuinely scared for his life that, like, record companies were going to, like, send Hitman out to get him. Dude, Hitman, they're scary stuff. So, um, so he bought a, well, he, he had his friend buy the shotgun for him, and then they were leaving it at the Seattle house. So, um, they, um, so they're in Seattle, the private investigator, and his name, Danny, Dylan, of course it's Dylan. The Dylan kind of area. His best friend. Yeah, his best friend was Dylan. Um, Sounds like he's from Seattle. Yep. Sounds like a hipster. Yep. Um. So Dylan's still alive, by the way. I I don't know. I'm not sure. Um. Let me just take a quick look at the notes. Because um, I, like many other Wikipedia philosophers. Mm-hmm. Only know that uh, Kurt Cobain killed himself a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Yeah. That's the extent of my knowledge. So, uh, this is... So that happened. They're, they're in Seattle, and they he finds out all these inconsistencies. Like, Courtney said, he only stays in the best hotels, but he stays in, like, raggedy, really bad motels side of the road. Because um, that's what he grew up on in Aberdeen. And... In the documentary, they actually go to Aberdeen, and, like, with his... I don't think they interview his mom, but maybe. Either way, he had a rough relationship with his mom. Um, but they talked to, like, all the old friends, like, people who knew him when he was growing up and starting off his music career. And one of the questions was that he asked all of them was, like, 
in the documentary like so do you do you think he like actually committed suicide they're like no all like, of his friends said that yeah they're like he wasn't that type of guy like he always had like a positive outlook on life like i hear that a lot about about a lot of suicides though i mean yeah, a maybe. lot of suicides were like i don't understand how this guy could have done this but it was like he didn't in so with that and in, in the documentary this is where everything starts taking a turn and the prime investigator starts noticing it um, in the documentary, they play an interview. I'm not sure what it was, but it was recent. Um, he was actually planning to retire from Nirvana. Oh. And this will tie in at the end of the story. But he was he was going to retire. He didn't he didn't like being that famous. He really didn't like all that money. And this is where he's kind of like Johnny Cash. In the interview, he was actually like, "Yeah, I always just kind of pictured myself being like a solo artist, like Johnny Cash, playing the acoustic guitar and just singing, yeah, and stuff. And that's what he wanted to do." This guy sounds a lot like there's this uh, person I listen to called Josh Gorels. Mm-hmm. I probably sang a few of his songs. But he's like a he's like a Christian kind of independent. Yeah. And uh, like I guess there's been quite a few like Christian and other actually I think even secular. Yeah. Like people trying to to sign a, sign him on, mm-hmm. and he just refuses to because he just wants to make his own music. Yeah. So that sounds he sounds like he's in the same vein as kind of like it sounds like something that Kurt wanted to do from what you're saying yeah where he wants to he's just like he wanted to do his own thing pretty much he was an artist he wanted to he got way too big and he didn't like that and he was also struggling with heroin at the same time so it was like it was a it was a rough patch in his life because it was like well i really don't want this much money and i don't want to be this famous yeah and stuff so he was trying to retire but also he was in the process of divorcing courtney love because she was the exact opposite. She wanted all the money. She wanted. She was in a band of herself. She wanted all the attention. Yeah. So she could be like the famous part. And he was just going to divorce her for that because that that was the lifestyle he didn't want. So that's what that's what was going on with that. And so you're thinking instead of getting half of his money, why not just get all of it? Yeah. There was. So she she brought this up. There's actually. Um, I will also put, I kind of, I'll put this website in. It says not secure. Like it's not an HTTPS. Oh. So I don't know what. There's no information you need to put on it. What do you mean? No information that you need to type in on the site, is there? No. Okay. No, it's just. Just open it in a private browser. Yeah, just do that. (laughs) I mean, I'm running Brave Browser and stuff. Um, It's not like the Black Vault where I run Tor. (laughs) (laughs) Incognito mode on. You gotta put it on incognito. Yeah. And have it through your uh, your, uh, your VPN that's set in the, yeah, the Netherlands. Set in the Netherlands. Yeah. So just don't just don't click the stuff where it's like go here to buy this. I don't know. It's probably okay, but it has everything all in one place. Of course, I'm gonna be dropping the link to the documentary, which is fantastic. Would recommend. I feel like that should um, be the Midnight Odyssey's. Uh, <laughs> that should be our slogan. The Midnight Odyssey. It's probably gonna be okay. It's probably gonna be <laughs> famous last words. Um, but she actually, Courtney Love actually mentioned to the PI that she, that she mentioned a um, yeah, what would she, a prenup, a prenup agreement between the yeah. two. But she's like, I already, my name's on all like the cars and all the assets anyway, so I don't. It's not that big of a deal. So. Oh, and they didn't get a divorce. Yeah, that like she was talking about. Um, and there's a lot of things that Courtney Love um, changed. So, well, 
fabricated for the story. Um, she she said she only called Kurt's rehab center once that in a day, and she called it 13 times. Every single day? Or just once a day? But in this particular thing, um, she, call, she said she only called the place once, and he wouldn't pick up, um, but she actually called him 13 times. So what she did was she filed a false police report. Blind that Lolita Express a few more times than she said. <laughs> yeah. Um, so she filed a false police report and, like, sent it to, like, a f- magazine company that, like, she overdosed on drugs or something to try and get Kurt's attention. Oh. And she totally fabricated that. And at first, um, she actually... She seems like that she's, like, that crazy ex-girlfriend yep. meme. It's... And we were laughing about Clinton because... I don't know if I've necessarily ever met psychopaths. I've met some strange people, but she was definitely one of those, like, liars that would change everything to try and move a story and stuff. And she later says uh, to the PI, like, be like, I'm going to get the person that um, ever set me up and sent in that story to the magazine that I overdosed on drugs. And the PI's like, um, I think you mentioned that you, you and your friend actually turned out. She's like, oh, yeah. So they found... Okay, so we talked about the shotgun. We talked about the crazy the crazy wife. Yeah. All that. So this is April, April 5th, super early in the morning. This is like 2.30 in the morning. Okay. And so him and Danny... So the P- PI guy, Tom Grant, and Dan... Not Danny... Dustin? Dylan. Dylan. I don't know why. I'm just trying to think of like, I'm just trash, hearing about like, all like, of trash it. names. Whoa. <laughs> I'm all mixed up. Whoa. You're hurting Dylan's feelings. It's like Kyle Owen. It's like <laughs> Kyle Punch and Drywall. It's just like that memes in my head. So this is Dylan. Um, if there's any Dylan's listening, it's not a good. It's just, it's all like right, Karen. Let's... You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm sorry, Karen. <laughs> sorry, all you Karens of the world. Oh, I know you're good Karens. people. I know some of you are good people. Um, so Most they actually go to the Especially house. Especially if you listen to us. <laughs> You're a good Karen. You're a good Karen. You're Gucci. Um, so what happened? <laughs> our demographic. Our <laughs> demographic. That's our, that's our 100% Karens. Um, so him and Dust. Dylan. Dylan. Him and Dylan. P.I. and Dylan. They, they go uh, to the house at 2.30 in the morning on April 5th. And with that, um, they search through the house and seeing if they can find him, like, because Courtney says that he's missing at this point. So they search through the whole house, and it's clean, nothing, and it's, like, downpouring, like, Seattle downpour and everything like that. And they're like, well, we can't find anything, and and Dylan's like, yeah, I can't think of anywhere else he would be, so they drive off. The next morning, um, neighbor calls in to the police that there was a gunshot, and police officers walk around, and what Dylan didn't mention to the investigator, because he forgot and it was dark and it was rainy, is that the garage had like this greenhouse on top, and it was like a, it was almost like a flat, like a loft above the garage. Okay. That wasn't cool. connected to the house, yeah. and that's where they found Kurt Cobain's body. And so they were there, you know, hours. They later found out that he was dead two days before that. Before the gunshot? Well, I forget why they called, but the, a neighbor called. I want to say it was for a gunshot. I c- I'm probably wrong on it, but they called. But he was already dead for two days. And. But did Courtney Love even know about the shotgun? Is that what killed him then? It was a shotgun? Use a shotgun. 
we'll get to that. So this is like let me tell me now. This is like the main part of the story. No. This is like this is what hinges on everything besides all the context and crazy stuff going on. This is it. In the police report, they found they found next to him heroin, a box full of like heroin needles and spoons and all that and everything. Okay. And um, he had. Oh man, what was it? It was like, it was a ridiculous amount of heroin. It was like in his system or on in his system. They found out he used. I wish I could bring up the exact amount. Um, it was something, it was, it was crazy. It was like, it would kill a man. And the police... But a man put enough of that in him before he died. Right. Um, and the police disregarded that because they're like, they tried it out another guy. They're like, like, we gave this guy heroin tablets and something like that, the same amount, and he was still able to function and everything. So he could have picked up the shotgun and shot himself. And but that's not how he did it. He used needles that go directly into the bloodstream, and it was like this was so much an amount he would literally be unconscious or dead within a few seconds. Wow. Yeah, and then he was supposed to put everything down and then awkwardly reach the shotgun and then pull the trigger and stuff. And he just wouldn't have time for that. And that's where like the main one of the main pillars of this case that he wasn't suicide didn't do a suicide was that he was he was suicided that's what you're yes okay so the question i have yeah um if we have time yep. i don't know i know we're running quick quick on time mm-hmm. do it gotta do a hard out, hard out. <laughs> um what um they know if the heroin was in his body could they say like obviously the gunshot killed him yes or was it the heroin overdose i'm People who think he was murdered think it was the heroin overdose. Is there any... There was no way for whoever was doing the autopsy to to tell whether he either OD'd first or whether he was shot and then, like, there was unused heroin in the system? So here is why... Just, just so we can have some timeline. Because if you put drugs in a dead person, I feel like... Oh, I see what you're saying with that. Yeah. Um... Well, we one we already covered that he wasn't really a although if his blood person. wasn't pumping, it wouldn't be in his system. It would only it would be right. localized. Yeah, no, it was it was a ridiculous amount, and it, it he would definitely used it and everything. So here is here is the kind of second to last like uh, angle of the story, the vantage point, like that one vantage point movie. I don't know. It had Cuba Gooding Jr. and it. it was a fantastic <laughs> movie. And at the end, like all he. Gets a certain way, and all the paintings come together. If you look at it from a certain angle, is he talking about that movie? Like, yeah, what was the Spider movie? It was called Endgame. Oh, there's something like that with Morgan Freeman too. No, Along like came a, a spider. No, this is like a political, like thriller kind of thing. Um, and that is the police botched the story. Hmm. I mean, the case so bad. Like they came in within a few hours, they were like, "It's a suicide." They wrote it off as a suicide. Yeah, and so it was. It sounds very Epsteinish then. It was very Epsteinish. The police person, I can't remember if they were up for re-election or were about to get like out ousted or something. Yeah. But they were basically in a point where they didn't care. So they just ran through the story, all that. They didn't help the PI out at all. Actually lied to the PI guy about what photos they had and everything. And that. And the last part that kind of seals the deal for me is that after they found the body and all that, the PI guy interviewed 
went Courtney to Love. Courtney Love and Dylan and because Courtney found a letter in the house that wasn't there five hours you know when they were in 2.30 in the morning when they were looking through the and house and she's someone who's very yeah pathological yeah so basically what she did is that she stu- she took a note he wrote that he was going to retire from Nirvana and then put it in to the bottom and then like had forged the way he wrote at the bottom like goodbye cruel world type thing and everything like that mm. but he was going to go interview Dylan again and when they got to this house um, the house they were staying at uh, they had a meeting and he was like oh so where's Dylan at and he's like oh he's upstairs with like Courtney and stuff like that and 20 minutes later he comes down and he's clearly like high on heroin and she drugged him up and he was basically drugged up on heroin conveniently right when he was supposed to get questions about and they the don't go back to him no he doesn't go he doesn't go back to him and also living with Kurt and Courtney was like a male nanny yeah yeah exactly it's like well there's a male nanny strange <laughs> Courtney okay. likes and all that so with that um they tried saying like oh he was so suicidal like he knew where the shotgun was and everything like that and yeah so it was pretty much it was pretty much a setup okay did Courtney know about the shotgun yeah okay she knew about everything and so this is what it looks like to me speculation time yeah she pretty much she pretty much pulled a Hillary and had him Epstein or whoever Epstein Epstein um, which can you believe that's a conspiracy theory yeah everyone thinks it's BS I believe that someone did it whether it's Hillary or not I get that it is kind of conspiratorial but at the same time like you know usually conspiracies there's a lot of like not non-evidence yeah. like there's a lot of things to to dispute but there's not a whole lot to dispute against that against the epstein mm-hmm. but you look at the motive to this and it was literally like yeah he was about to retire he just turned down 10 million dollars just about and he was going to divorce the wife and he wanted all his money and after he they died she was literally like get me the most crazy lawyer because uh the pi actually talks to like a close friend who was like part of like the manager of like yeah. the band and stuff and she was like this just isn't making sense and he's like you're right it doesn't so that's the story of Kurt Cobain go check out Soaked in Bleach I'm gonna put it in the description cause it's nice. a fan it's fan it's just cool to watch yeah we're and gonna have to... after that I'm like yeah he definitely did not <laughs> kill himself sounds like something to watch I we gotta watch maybe I don't know about next oh, week yeah. no. maybe in the future we wanna have a uh, watch party mhm Kind of like riff tracks. I don't know if you guys know riff tracks, but maybe yeah, something like that where we just watch some crazy documentaries and yeah. kind of give some input, kind of what we're thinking. Yeah. So uh, we might do something like that where we just record audio and you guys can just put it together with the movie. I think it'd be pretty funny because there's. I wonder if we can find some like free public use stuff. That would be fun because the public use stuff is, is top tier. Yes. But yeah, that's uh. That's that. That's that. Welcome back. Sorry we it took so long, but hopefully it's a better experience for everybody. Yeah, yeah. I know it is for me because I don't feel like <laughs> you're in a submarine. <laughs> I don't. F- my lapel just did not feel not feel the greatest. Yeah. So anyway, yep. And that's this week's episode. Um, we'll we'll be here next time. Some more stories and everything like that. Hope yeah, you enjoy. I got I got 
I'm already I'm locked and loaded for the next story for next week. Totally opposite. <laughs> 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 well, we'll find something and it'll be good. But other than that, have a good one. Catch you on the flip side. This has been a production of The Midnight Odyssey. If you like what you listen to, please consider liking and subscribing to the channel as we release more content for you. If you're listening to podcasts only, uh, please subscribe. But uh, for both of you, cool cats and kittens out there, if you could share it to people you think you would like or enjoy podcasts like this, we would appreciate it uh, because we love what we're doing here. And yeah, you have a fantastic rest of your day.